Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And today we are talking about generalists and specialists. What are we talking about here, Lisa? Because we're not talking about general contractors and plumbing specialists. So where are we going with this call? <laughs> yeah, so the generalist and specialist conversation seems to come up quite a bit for people in their careers because they're trying to decide which they should be. Um, a lot of people are trying, especially earlier in their career, should I specialize and go really deep into something or should I be more of a generalist and what are some of the pros and cons? So we're going to dive into that today and just talk about you know, what it all means. Yeah. It's a fun discussion because we have a little bit of a different uh, background. Obviously, you and I have different experiences. We both probably felt like generalists at times, felt more like specialists at others. So it should be a fun discussion. Let's maybe start with the world of generalists. How do you view life as a generalist? So generalists I see as people who are more versatile. They tend to have a lot of different experiences. Um, they tend to be big picture thinkers. Mm -hmm. um, they're not detailed into any one specific area, but they have a lot of knowledge on a lot of different things. Yeah, I see it kind of using the metaphor of the generalist has a whole bunch of little needles or dials that they're trying to move, oftentimes a little bit, and a specialist has maybe one needle, one giant dial that they're trying to move, hopefully a lot. And when I think about generalists, um, I, I think about roles that maybe have the word coordinator or they're maybe admin assistants, uh, admin executives, um, might have the word generalist actually in their title, like an HR generalist. And you've been an HR yourself as a generalist when you started out? Um, I, I was an office manager actually, so okay. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I was definitely a generalist. <laughs> <laughs> and like when you were in that kind of a situation, what did that sort of role, was it exciting? Was it boring? Did it feel like you had something to do or, or not? Like how was that? So when I first started out, I found it really exciting because it was something new every day. It was, I was going in a lot of different directions, learning a lot of different things. Um, it was also a little bit challenging though, because mm -hmm. it was always something new. I wasn't, oh, I wasn't feeling like I was necessarily getting a handle on anything, mm -hmm. especially for that first six months. I just felt like I was kind of dipping my hand into a whole bunch of different pots and hoping that things worked out. Um, but it was really, really useful early on in my career because I found it to give me an idea of a lot of different things that I might want to do. Yes, for sure. There's no question that there's some real value in kind of getting your career off the ground in some kind of a generalist capacity, gives you that chance to wear a lot of different hats, see what you like to do, see what you don't like to do. But I can also hear the sort of almost like frustration around sometimes not being able to feel like you're mastering something. And mm -hmm. that tends to be where sort of really long lasting fulfillment in a certain career path tends to lie is, is really becoming truly good at what you're doing. And it can be tough to be in that situation uh, when you're just starting out as a generalist. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's different. I've met people who really wanted to see the big picture. They're mm -hmm. big picture thinkers. They don't want to get too far into one thing. They really love seeing how the macro level things fit together. So mm -hmm. if you are in a place where you're trying to make a decision about whether you should go towards generalist or specialist, think about your own personality traits. Think about mm -hmm. what you like. Um, do you like being into the details and really mastering something? Or do you like having a little bit of knowledge of everything? 
and that is a great point. Yeah, there, there's definitely sort of a personality match that tends to to fall in line with the kind of role that someone ends up in, whether it be mm-hmm. generalist or specialist or somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. Generalists oftentimes are not compensated quite as much as specialists are just simply because specialists tend to be sort of fewer and far between in the market. So like a specialist, uh, you could be specialized in, a, in a, let's say, a tradesperson. You could be specialized as a doctor, as a lawyer. You could be specialized in sales. Perhaps you uh, focus on a per, uh, certain number of key accounts and you treat those particular clients in a very you know specific uh, way. Software developers often become very specialized. They often start off in more generalized capacities and then become specialized in like a, a language or a technology or a tech stack. Not to get too technical. I'm not that technical. But <laughs> when you think about, let's just go to the specialists now a little bit more in your own experience, it, doing more specialized work, what was that like? So being the specialist, you're the go-to person. You're the expert on something. Um, you tend to be, like you said, in demand. Mm-hmm. Um, the Some of the, the downfalls of doing that and I've seen this. So as a, it's interesting because when I was in a smaller company and at a lower level, I was a generalist and in a larger company at a lower level, I was more of a specialist. Mm -hmm. So it felt more siloed. I wasn't able to do different things every day. It was, I was kind of doing the same job. I was really good at what I was doing. I mastered it. Um, but it was a little bit more repetitive. I, there were days that I felt like I wanted a broader view mm-hmm. of what was happening so that I could do my job better. That's a great point. So there's, there's a bit of a difference, it looks like, between life in a big firm on the front lines and life in a smaller firm on the front lines. And I've never been in a really, really big corporate environment, as I know you have. Um, my life in small firms has always kind of been at the front line, sort of toward the lower half of the ladder. And you're literally right next door to everybody else. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just sort of pick up something from a certain department and apply it to what you're doing or to do some sort of cross department uh, collaboration or project together really kind of fosters that more generalized uh, mentality. Mm -hmm. But it really sounds as though if you're in a company that has a 50,000 person headcount, it can be tough getting started as a, spe- as a generalist, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. And just like you said, like you don't even necessarily know people in another department because yeah. your department might have 50 people and you're all specialists. So um, it can be more difficult when you're in a bigger company, but there's a lot of benefits to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to find your people, right? So I think mm. about even career coaching. I'm a career coach specialist, helping mm-hmm. people in their mid-career. And that allows me to be able to find people that I really enjoy working with. Yes. And I think that's a super important point that we should maybe talk to when it comes to sort of how a person, how a job seeker views themselves and whether they've been in more generalized roles or more specialized roles in their career for me, I think there is a real benefit to being able to have one maximum of two labels that you can kind of really hang your hat on so that 
people that you meet out in the world, whether it be through networking or applying for jobs or whatever, um, you have something that people can remember you by. And Mm -hmm. you've talked about being a career coach for mid-career professionals, right? I'm a career coach for new grads. And that that just in in and of itself sort of attracts a certain person to us. Exactly. There's some real power in that. Yeah. And I think for job seekers too, um, even if you are a generalist and you want to continue to be a generalist, when you're in the job search, you need to be a specialist to target a certain type of job. So Mm -hmm. you might have experience in one area and now you want to get experience somewhere else, but you still need to target and say, okay, now just because I know the financial world, let's say, you know, you were a financial analyst and now you want to go and be a controller you need to have that title, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. to be really clear on what it is that you're looking for. And then also to tailor your skills and your experience toward that specific job, instead of just sending out a bunch of general resumes Mm -hmm. that don't really target anybody. Yeah, huge part of like the branding process and career transition that a lot of people struggle with, where it's like, the mindset is if I, put myself if I cast like a really large net and try and throw it out into the ocean uh, I'm going to catch a lot of fish and I heard Jonathan Stark talk about this idea recently of you don't want to be fishing in the ocean you want to cast the net into a barrel (laughs) of fish you're going to catch a ton of fish in a barrel with a net finding that specialization or that niche down approach to how you're going to market yourself way more beneficial in the long run yeah exactly cool and I mean, the more demand that you can create for yourself, the more likely you are to be compensated more highly. And I'm not saying that's that's not the career objective for everyone. Maximizing salary is not everyone's top priority. But if it is that for you, um, there's a real there's a real benefit to really really being able to get solid and concrete around one specialization. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now that being said, though, there's a little caveat. Um, that, that, you know, if you want to be a CEO of a company, Mm. oftentimes you will go back to being a generalist because you need to understand how the pieces of the organization fit together. That's a great point. And so what I'm sort of hearing is life in, let's just say small or a big firm, there is a degree of certain specialization that, that comes in at some point. So in in big firms, it tends to be right away, you enter the company in some department doing one particular task. And then as you go up the ladder, there tends to be this reemergence of generalism, the CEO has to know a bit of everything. In a small firm, in my experience, uh, the frontline folks are often super generalists, the people that they are reporting to tend to be more specialized, maybe running a certain department could be finance, could be marketing, could be whatever. Um, and then, yeah, there's still that at the very top for that CEO, there's that return to a more generalized mentality. So that does seem to be a constant. Cool. Yeah. So one of the other things, um, when you are a generalist, you might have more opportunities, but you can be paralyzed by the amount of choice available to you. The paradox can, of choice. Yeah, exactly. So you you can fit into a lot of different spaces and it can be really difficult to kind of narrow in. Um, the other uh, one thing that's sort of a, a downfall of being a generalist is that sometimes it can be harder to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're a specialist, you're working on something really specific. It's probably easier to 
be working on projects that get a lot of recognition or solve a specific problem. Whereas when you're a generalist, you might be doing more of a broad scope of work and it can be a little bit harder to be recognized in your role. So it doesn't mean that you can't be recognized, but it's just a little bit of a different um, way of doing so. Yeah, that is a great point that I don't think a lot of people consider when they're building their careers out is like to to really make your name in something often requires that big sort of like going back to the needle metaphor, moving one really important needle a long way tends to get your name out there in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. That's how we remember people. When we look at like history, when you look at past world leaders, what did they do? They usually did. Yeah, there were a lot of little things that went into their life's work, but we often remember them for one really significant difference that they made in the world. And that's something that I think a lot of career builders just maybe miss out. So I'm glad you highlighted that. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that generalists need to realize is that they can always start to specialize in something without feeling like uh, they're, they're trapped. Like they can always pull out. I think this is maybe a, a real pro of being a generalist is if you go down a certain road toward a certain specialization and you don't like it, well, you can always go back to your more generalist background, look at that foundation level of skills that you've got and say, okay, that didn't really work for me this time. Let me try a different path mm -hmm. and see what life is like in, I don't know, if I tried marketing and now I want to go to HR, you already have some ability <clears throat> to transfer skills over. Whereas if you're a specialist and you're trying to make a transition, you might not have a lot of natural transferable skills, but I do think that if you were to, to move from one vertical to another, you need to find a way to kind of take the stories and the results that you've created as a specialist in your vertical and draw a line that connects to a dot in that new vertical that says, hey, I know how to create results using this kind of thinking or this kind of execution. Mm -hmm. I think it could be done for X, Y, Z reasons in this other vertical. And I think because of that, I can add a lot of value to this organization. I think it's really about storytelling in a way that makes sense so that although you might not have the hard skills, you have a certain level of soft skills that do move over. Yeah, that's a great point. I think too that um, when I think about consultants, consultants mm -hmm. and, and freelancers tend to be a little bit of both. They tend to be generalists and specialists. Um, they often are able to go deep into something mm -hmm. in a particular area. So just again, drawing from my own background, mm -hmm. um, we used to have a lot of consultants come in in anti-money laundering. Cool. So they were very specialized in their skill set, but the industries that they worked in was very broad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they would work in anti-money laundering in banking or in retail or whatever that was. Yeah. And I, I'm just, you've reminded me, I'm flashing back really quickly to our episode with Michael Kravchik, who did his degree in, in counterterrorism and then for, I believe, for finance and applied that in the banking world and then went out and basically became a CEO himself to start a company doing something different. But yeah, that that is so, so interesting. And talking about maybe soloists just a little bit more, um, I mean, you and I both have a degree of, of soloist in us. You're a full-time soloist. And so you get to have a specialization in sort of, I guess, the value creation part of your, your business, right? You, you help people who are in a certain position create a certain result. Mm -hmm. 
and I do too, but then on the side of that, you have to <laughs> wear the hat of chief marketing officer, chief financial officer, chief product developer, chief, chief, chief. Yeah. It's kind of a fun alternative for people who are, maybe they've known employment forever and they don't see themselves truly as either a, a only a specialist, only a generalist, and, and they want to find a way to have a balance of both. Do you want to talk for a little sure. bit more about that just because you've experienced it full time? Yeah. And I've seen it too. I mean, um, working with software developers, mm -hmm. they get to be super specialized in a particular coding language. And, but then they, if they're freelancing, they get to go and find clients and they get to do the marketing and they get mm. to do their bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff. And so that's actually one of the things that I really like about entrepreneurship. Um, I found that being siloed in a company was really difficult for me because I do like a lot of variety. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having the ability to help someone specific, know who my target market is, work with people in an expert way, but then also have access to all this other variety of activities is awesome. It's yeah. also challenging at times, absolutely, <laughs> because you're, you know, your brain is going in a million different directions and mm -hmm. it can be harder to focus on one specific thing like we had kind of talked about, but at the same time, it is really exciting and rewarding. Yeah, I, in my part-time business owner life, I know that we're always just sort of moving in a thousand directions, hoping to drive it in one, you know, really important direction uh, with the work we're doing. But so that, it's cool. It is a lifestyle that's very, very different. But I do think that you can always, as a someone who's building out their career in the long run, you could always give it a shot and become someone who works for themselves. And if it doesn't work out, you can take all of those new skills that you've learned and reposition yourself for a return to an employment life, potentially in a new vertical. For sure. So, something people how about, miss. How about you with your two roles? Would you consider yourself a generalist or a specialist in both? So in my day job, I definitely have, although there's a very specialized objective, right, that kind of guides the work that I do, um, placing people in jobs is, is a really nice, clear, easy dashboard to get a hold of. The kinds of tasks that I get to do can be quite general. So that can be a mix of kind of coaching people. It can be a mix of business development and account management with certain employers, um, working to kind of market uh, our, our students to people and marketing certain opportunities to our students. So uh, just background information for the dear listener. I work in a school as a placement advisor for IT professionals starting their careers. But so there's a lot of different little hats that I get to wear, which is kind of fun. A little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of coaching. And then in my, in my business life. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would say the hats that I wear the most regularly would be, um, marketing actually is, is the first one. <laughs> and then after that, it's, um, it's the coaching product development, you know, how do I actually create value for my clients? Those are the two biggest ones. And, and the hat that I need to get a lot better at wearing actually. And it's funny that I'm talking to you about this is, is the finance part of it. So I, I'm not really a great CFO yet, but working on it. <laughs> well, on yeah, it. it's definitely a, a difficult one to kind of get a handle on. Um, it's kind of cool though, because you brought up a good point of, you know, even if you are a generalist in certain areas, 
you can learn. You can always mm-hmm. go into a more specialist. I mean, this past year, one of the things that I've really focused on is understanding marketing better, mm-hmm. understanding how to message, create messages, how to communicate properly. So I've bought tons and tons of books and have been reading and exploring and researching. And so it's never that you're stuck in one thing. No. And we live in a world that is full of great books. You've just mentioned that. And for me too, I didn't study marketing in school. uh, So I'm just really a self-taught person. And yeah, it it doesn't take forever to develop um, some, some specialized knowledge in an area of business that you don't have. And you can always do it in your free time. You can do it as a hobby. You could do a side project that that teaches you by doing, which is one of my favorite ways of learning. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage anyone who feels like they need to sort of broaden their skill set to just do that, uh, whether it's out of need or out of curiosity. I don't really have any more to go on this topic. I think that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think we really same. packed a lot into that. Okay. Why don't we just call it a week at that? That was a really kind of fun, helpful, hopefully helpful episode for our dear listener. Yeah. So for the Career Builders Podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. We hope you are well and hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.